0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
1: Forever! (coughs) Dog! Ow!
2: What's up, everybody? Welcome to It's a Mess. This is Caswell. And it's Peppermint. (laughs) Hey, baby, how are you?
3: I'm good. I'm so excited. I'm just feeling so good. It's finally summer. I'm feeling just so we've been so busy both of us we've been Mm -hmm. busting our behinds releasing music Mm -hmm. i just Mm -hmm. did drag con we've been doing it up and now Mm -hmm. we can finally let the cat out of the bag officially
2: this is it this is our podcast this is it. This is it. Love it or hate it, it's a mess. The podcast. It's and official. And this is and this is the pride episode.
3: What a way! Like perfect timing because we've been we've been hitting about this for a long time. Let's do a podcast. When we're going to do it? We we talked about it in winter.
2: We talked about it in spring. We talked about it in summer. We talked about it in fall. And we still get questions. We still got emails and people asking for advice. <laughs> and we've been sitting on it like these problems are probably already solved most of them, but uh, I know maybe not. Maybe not, but I particularly <laughs> wanted to pull out the questions that revolved around Pride or questions coming out of the closet or things having to do with LGBTQ issues. So, that's these are the questions that I pulled out that I felt like were would work with a Pride episode. So, you know.
3: Well, I think before we way, even jump
2: uh, oh, yep. by the way you look you look particularly beautiful today you look like beyonce on her day off you have that blonde hair with uh the little Thank bit of root you. action going on like we see this is how like that's how beyonce flies in planes so that's what you got i really like that i like oh, you in blonde hair i feel like did. i never see that anymore it's true
3: you know i figured i would do a little blondness for the summer so um but before You're we glowing. jump like I, you know, I feel, I feel pretty glottastic. Maybe it's that it's pride.
2: <laughs> Glotastic. I like that.
3: Before we, um, jump officially in and start mm-hmm. with the first question, I think it's worth mm-hmm. noting that it is, not only is it pride season, but this year, 2019 and this June, uh, 20, the end of June marks the 50th anniversary of Stonewall. Isn't which that is crazy? particularly important? Yeah, that's insane and Shit. wonderful. How far have we come? I feel like we've come pretty far.
2: Well, I mean, here we are.
3: (laughs) I mean, yeah, I I definitely think we came pretty
2: far. Do you have any?
3: Well, we, we have to talk about some of our pride plans
2: a little bit. Real quick. Well, um, I'm going to be in New York City with you. We have a show at the Gramercy on the 28th, which is the day after my birthday. Um, yeah, yeah. And yeah, so uh, I'm definitely amped up about that. We getting the dances together now, trying to figure out our sets and shit. So, and you know, it's every time I see you, I get to perform with you. So that's a major plus, and that's how we go back. <laughs> I mean, the first time we—I mean, we can talk about—we won't go into it now. But the first time we met is because we were gonna perform together you were dances for me i mean Uh i don't really know but i just feel like (laughs) me and you are in a a natural state when we are both performing together so you know i wouldn't have it any other way and i get to go to new york in the summertime the last three times i've been it's been freezing fucking cold so to go back now and i love summer nights in new york and first i'm gonna fly in uh to the boston area see my family and then i'm gonna take a train into new york i'm gonna be in new york for at least a week i'm staying with my friend crazy larry and uh so i should be having a good time How we yeah. are gonna have so, a good time i can't time, wait to though. see you yeah i can't wait right, to so see you either so if you are listening to this podcast if you're gonna oh i bought I, sidebar i was doing everything i could to stay out of new york during pride because it's also world pride and new york's crazy enough and then we're gonna have an extra oh, yeah, eight it's million world pride. gays yeah so it's and gonna be in queens insane. and
3: queens and trans and bi yes everybody. and non-binary LGBTQ
2: jay-z train we got it everybody 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 it's gotta be too many people that's it's gonna be point. a lot of
3: people it's gonna be epic it's gonna be like the olympics of queerness you know which a might be too much grinder will be going crazy hopefully my tinder will be popping off who I knows so. um, not too
2: much you gotta we gotta rehearse
3: yeah we gotta rehearse That's true. <laughs> but Listen, before let's we, rehearse, into we gotta get into these questions
2: okay okay question here's the first question are y'all ready First question. I'm ready, boo. Oh my gosh! The go. first all question right.
3: ever of our podcast. Here we go. All right. Wait! No! 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 We have to. We have to tell
2: people really quickly.
3: What? So this is an advice. Sh- <laughs> this is not only a
0: podcast.
3: <laughs> it's an advice show. So this this the mess. This is the mess, and it's an advice column show. We have we you know people have come up to me all the time and ask for advice. Everybody knows Cadwell Caswell gives really, really good advice. And so we decided to kind of put all that together for our first episode. We are just basically answering questions that people sent in to us. They have things going on in their life, their job, their work, their play, whatever. We're gonna answer the questions. And as Caswell said, today's questions are particularly gay or queer centric in honor of pride. And people, what right. do people
2: need to do to get the questions to us? You can write into us by hitting us at our Instagram, which is it's a mess podcast. So I T S A M E S S podcast. That's our Instagram.
3: And send us a DM on there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then we'll answer your questions. Yes. Okay. So let's do the other one. Okay. So tell everybody how they can reach us and how they can send in questions to us.
2: Well, you can reach out to us by hitting us at ask and Pep at gmail.com.
3: All right. So that's how you write in and, um, you, uh, you know, send in the questions and we will answer them to the best of Mm -hmm. our ability. But just disclaimer, neither one of us is a licensed professional psychologist or doctor or clinologist or clinic, whatever. So you want (laughs) to, you know, make sure that these, this is just for entertainment. And this is what we would do if we were in your shoes. Yeah. We're, we're trash. We trash. (laughs) We don't know nothing. We give, we ain't really know nothing, but we're going to try to give you advice from the heart with this first question.
2: So let's get into it.
0: Okay, so this is a very special moment. This question is going to be read by none other than Willem from Race Chaser.
4: (laughs) hey girl hey what's up welcome neighbor to the podcast game i can't believe you're actually having me as your first celebrity guest i just want to remind both of your listeners to tune into race chaser every week um okay so anyway i'm doing a dramatic reading of your very first advice question so here goes cue music Dear Kaz and Pep, I'm a 36-year-old gay man living in Texas. For the past four months I've been exclusively seeing a guy who's around my age. We met online. He's really hot and the sex is exceptional. He has a really nice stick which is a major plus. Besides the sex, we are compatible in so many ways. We're both into the same music, cars, video games, smoking weed, movies. I know it's only been a couple of months but this could be a stable relationship because we already respect each other as friends and as lovers. Here is the mess. He's partly still in the closet. What I mean by that is only people that know he's gay are gay. The people at his work don't know he's gay. His family members don't know he's gay. The only people that know he's gay are his gay circle of friends. I keep telling him that he's in the closet and this is going to be difficult for us but he claims that he's not in the closet. He claims that he's out to himself and to everyone that needs to know knows. I heard him on the phone talking to his brother and his mother about me and he always refers to me as his friend. Long story short, even though I feel this could possibly be a successful relationship, I find myself having to go back into the closet in order to appease him. What should I do? Can this relationship work? Let me know what you think. Torn in Texas. Ooh.
3: Um, Well, look, as a queer person, we've all been in the situation. We've all had to, most of us have had to deal with the closet at some point or another. And it's really a really kind of, it's weird for being like on one end of it. I remember being in the, look, I came out twice, right? And so being in the closet has been the most, like before you actually step out of the closet, It feels like, it can feel like, for me, it felt like one of the most scary things, almost like I could have died from just the anxiety alone of it. And then on the other side of it, you know, being out and open and just able to like deal with all the real stuff in life is so cool because you know look life is a whole bunch of r- real mess it's a bunch of mess that we are, we're always in and so dealing with like closeted issues is really tough and and so I remember like the second time I came out um I was just kind of emerging slowly out of the closet as a trans woman and I was already in the queer community. I was always already in the mm. gay scene. So people, mm. you know, you you might think, oh, that's so simple, but it was weird because I, I because you were already only, doing drag. I was already doing drag, and so I had right. to come out not only when uh, eventually when I was ready to come out as trans, I not only had to come out to my friends and family, like my family and people that were in the hetero cisgender world, I also had to come out to people that were in the gay cisgender world, and. Right. There were. I remember getting a lot of kickback from people. They're like, wait a minute, you're a queen and we, we'll accept that, but you're not trans, are you? You're not trying to be a woman, are you? What? Mm-hmm. And that was really scary because I saw lots of trans girls around me lose their jobs who, who had been queens working in the gay scene before. Um, and so I was terrified. And I remember I had one <laughs> I had one outfit. I didn't have two. I had one <laughs> and I had, I put it on and I was like, okay, I need to leave the house to go get some f- stuff from the thing from food to the store. And I couldn't even leave the house. I was terrified to leave the house because I was afraid that, you know, people were going to like be able to under, like people were going to, I was going to be obvious and that people mm-hmm. were going to spot me and they were going to point their fingers. So I know that, fear of losing your job, losing your livelihood, Mm -hmm. losing... I know that's real. And to be honest Mm -hmm. with you, most of the guys that I date, all of them that I date, have identified, have have dated, have identified as heterosexual. And they are, because I'm a woman, and I date men. But there have been some who have been like, I'm cool with meeting you and your friends and your trans friends and your gay friends, but I'm not introducing you to my family. I'm not introducing to you my boys who watch football, and so Mm. that's been a very real thing. So I can understand what you're going through. I say all that to say, confused in Texas, that um, I'm. I think you kind. If you're look, you're already in this relationship, and if you're. It's okay for you to maybe set a goal and if if this doesn't work for you and you, and it's a deal breaker for you then then let them know. I don't know if you how deep your feelings really really are, but he you stuck you, on that dick. I mean, yeah. Because <laughs> to let go. So that's so that's pretty deep. <laughs> well, I don't know what the feelings are, but it runs deep. Um, <laughs> I think you I think you have to take it uh, <laughs> real deep. Take it slowly. Um <laughs> Um, he's going to have to come out fully like your level of coming out is not necessarily the same level of coming out as him. And I understand there's two sides to the coin, but I think you're going to have to be patient with this one and continue to push and figure out ways that are not threatening that you can slowly involve other people. You know, t- if you have a thing, say, why do we go out on a double date and why don't you invite your friends? Bring your best friend who's straight and doesn't know that you're, that you're gay. You know, maybe something like that. I mean, it's kind of a tough situation. It's very sensitive. Um, but that's what I would do.
2: Well, look, uh, this question really spoke to me. That's why I picked it up. First, I'm going to say dump them. Now I'm going to say why. Like, look, like, You will never be in a fulfilling relationship. You will never be in a fulfilling relationship if you are not both on the same level as far as being out of the closet. I could really relate to this question because I had dated somebody a couple years ago and they were out to some people, and because they knew that they were gay, that was enough of uh, being out of the closet for them. But, you know, I'm not saying everyone in your whole lineage has to know about your sexuality but the people that are part of your life that you share your life with really do and if you're holding back then you're truly holding back who you were and... Mm -hmm. One of the reasons this spoke to me is because when I was I was dating somebody and when he would speak to some friends that didn't know that he was gay, uh, and he would uh, you know he would talk about me without really saying if he was seeing me or I was his boyfriend and things like that. It really made me feel like, <laughs> right. So it made me feel like, oh, this is something I need to shut up about. And it truly made me feel like I was back in the closet. Like I got those feelings again that I hadn't had in like 15, 20 years. So... <clears throat> It's really suffocating feeling when you feel like 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 if he's going to invite friends over and they can know this but they can't know that. It just to feel that there's a secret that you have to live by is a truly suffocating feeling and you're never really going to get what you want out of the relationship because every what you want out of a relationship is just to like relax and be who you are and no one worries about No one worries about um, the thought of being gay, being wrong or being out of the closet or what people are going to think. So it's really like a a, a fucked up situation to be in. And I say, you know... You should you should explain to him how this makes you feel because he can probably relate on some level because um s- at some point he was in the closet completely so if if those feelings are coming back that he can relate to you should just let him know that but also like y'all still can still be friends and you can still smoke weed together and play video games together and listen to which music means together. have sex <laughs> yeah and you can even have sex with him too but you should let him know that it's it's he's he's not gonna get everything out of you unless he comes clean to the people that are in his life like it's not gonna be like you can't give an ultimatum like you have a week to come out to your mom you gotta do this you gotta do that but you should let him know how it affects you so then when the relationship does fade out he knows that his actions are the cause of it because he's gonna have to learn that he's not he's gonna have a hard time having a fulfilling relationship with another with another gay guy, unless he finds another gay guy that is also in the closet in the same way that he is. I mean, that might be what he wants, you know, but I think think the common problem is people think that just because their foot is out of the closet, that they're out of the closet, or just because they know that they're gay, that they're out.
3: you are right about that but I this I mean this is clearly not the same situation but for me I had to come out of the closet even a third time because I was already out as trans to my best friends to you but then when I went on Drag Race I had to come out of the closet again to the world to people who had never met me and so it really is kind of it's weird like do you have to like Every room you walk into have to be screaming about, you know, look at me or, you know, I don't know. It's it's it it really does bring home that question. Who really do you need to who needs to know? But what the truth is, is if you have a partner or a lover, someone that you live with, who is your boyfriend or your girlfriend or whoever, eventually they deserve to be able to. Be a part of your life. And being a part of your life means meeting your friends, meeting some yeah. of your family. And that is going to mean some real honesty and coming out,
2: you know. Yeah. So I, I would I would bring up the I would bring up the feelings that he the must impact. have had before he came out of the closet to himself and tell him that this is what you're going through when mm-hmm. he doesn't want his mom to know, or he doesn't want his brother to know, or he only wants some friends to know because going back in the closet sucks and it's a suffocating experience and I wouldn't do it. And that's what I'm gonna say. And based on my experience just keep the dick going, you know, <laughs> keep the sex, keep smoking. <laughs> we become friends with them. You guys actually might become very good friends. I mean, most most of the guys that I end up, you know, dating, we end up being really good friends after. And sometimes friendship is just better. And that's how I feel. <laughs>
3: uh.
2: <laughs> All right, let's do the next <laughs> question. <laughs> you want to read the next question well, wait
3: no i i would like to know what happens um will you write back in and let us know like what did you end up doing did you dump him um did you are you just gonna have sex with him forever and not and keep it a secret let us know um okay next question <clears throat> bye
2: confused in texas <laughs> let us know what happened bye uh, all, right. Uh, all right here's the next question this next question is being read by bonnie milligan
3: dear kaz and pep i would really like to know what one thing about you would get your gay card taken away if the lgbtq community found
2: out about it you know the first thing (laughs) that came into my head when i saw this okay i got i'm gonna say something okay i never saw hocus pocus And every time I tell somebody gay that, they, like, flip out of me. And the truth is, I started watching it. I think that movie is whack as shit. <laughs> like, it was, like, so slow for me. I felt like I was watching a play. Like, I just could not get into it. And I like that Midler and SJP. I just not feeling that movie. It's, like, so... It's just, like, way too, like, 90s cornball for me. And I, I don't know, that's how... Like, I don't know, I just could not get into it. All this, like, girl, do you, what are you fucking rapping that's going into my ear right now? You dumb? <laughs> I just, I couldn't get into it. And, like, Bette Midler's makeup really just fucks me up. <laughs>
3: With, with those, th- with with those, those teeth? mouse teeth.
2: It looks like yeah, rat teeth. <monthly>. With, with those chimp, chipmunk teeth and shit. <laughs> looking like a rat <laughs> on the L train. Like I just could not get into that movie. And I don't know, everyone always talks about how fierce it is and how it's like, like, like gay camp. I can see the camp value in it. It's but, and I, you know what I would maybe I, I probably would have liked that movie if I saw it when I was five. But I saw well, it when I was. Well, that's the
3: point. Five. Most of the people who saw the movie were five when they saw it, and something spoke to them. Cool. Uh, yeah, no, I'm not saying the adults that watch it now that watch it in, in reruns. I'm talking about yeah. the people who watched it for the first time. Everybody who's an adult now saw it for the first time when they were kids. They did, and. You know, look, I never saw it either. So I would not... Yeah. I would not revoke your gay card.
2: All right. You're still pretty gay. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being in my corner.
3: That's that's your thing? That would revoke your gay card? I got a boring answer. No, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, I mean, I don't know. Look, I actually have a... a, I I don't know (sighs) what would, look, revoke my... I have a little bit of an issue with the question because I'm not gay, right? I'm a, I'm, I'm not.
2: <laughs> I'm in the so gay you, world. You don't have a gay. So you don't have a gay card, is what you're saying?
3: I don't know. If I did, I didn't. I mean, I have a, I have a pretty queer card. I'll say that. Um, okay. But I don't know that I have a gay card. Like, let's see. What are my gay cards? I mean, I am a theater queen. Okay. And so that maybe gives me okay. Well, that might give me a gay card.
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. You got two strikes against you. you. That gives (laughs) you a pretty solid gay card, theater queen. Yeah. Um. Oh, I hate rent too. I guess take it away. Oh oh God,
3: no, that's a problem. So then, so then, so yeah. So then, I guess that's my gay card. But you know, there's certain things that like I'm, I'm, you know, I don't know. As a trans woman, I'm trying to like still pay homage and still honor the gay community while showing constantly reminding gay folks because gay folks are same-sex loving people. And so there are heterosexual people in the LGBTQ community. Um, And there are non-binary people in the community. And so like I just want to it's there's a difference. It's not just gay. There's also like your queer card, or you might have a trans card, and so some of those things are the same. What Caswell?
2: Because <laughs> like I I know what you're saying, but you know what she means, and like is is like do you, do you like. Like, do you not like Britney Spears? Is there... Do you I'm not know the choreo? Do not saying stand that, by all, I Beyonce? Don't.
3: I love Beyonce. Okay. I can't say... First of all, my typical... Okay, I, I get what they're saying. So if you're talking about all the things that gay people typically like, the, right. the stereotypical things that gay people like, I like a lot of those things. Beyonce... You know, Broadway shows, things like that. Is there a gay? Is
2: there a gay ass thing that comes up and you're like, I can't relate. I can't relate. Well, mine you know, is I Rent mean, and I, Hocus Pocus.
3: I don't. I I don't. Um, I'm not like a huge Beyonce fan. I like her and I can respect her. And she's got some. <sighs> I know. Ooh, the show. Ha- the show has been canceled. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's the cardinal gay card sin right now. But so this is what I'm saying. Like, okay. I think the another thing that could get your gay card taken away is folks that don't like drag shows, you know, gay, fo- mm-hmm. gay folks that don't like drag shows. Um, but on this flip side of it, I spend a. this is what it is. I spend a lot of time convincing Donald Trump. Okay. I spent a lot of time convincing Trump supporters and people that like, I'm not a gay man. And so I have to try to tell them I'm not just, a ma- when I go into the women's room, I'm not a gay man. And so I I want to acknowledge that a little bit from within the community. Um, and so that's that's a, a topic and a, a subject that we should get back to. But in terms of like really campy, cheesy, queery things, um, I'd have to say I'm not a part of the beehive, um, and so I'll probably be dead tomorrow. Um, <laughs> so this is also my last will and testament. Um, but yeah, so that's that's my that's my thing. If I had a, have a gay card, it would have been taken away by not worshiping Beyonce.
2: All right. Well, I forgive you. Thank you. For Do now. I get to read next the next question? This next question is being read by Brian Flores. Dear
1: Kaz and Pep, let me get right to the point. I'm a straight man in love with a trans woman. I'm 27 and I've been hooking up with trans women since I was 19. Every every sexual encounter I've ever had with a woman has pretty much strictly just been for sex, but I met this girl that I've actually caught some real feelings for. I gotta be honest, she's, uh, she's not the most passable when it comes to uh, appearing as a cisgender female and I know everyone will look at me screw-faced if they, they see me with her out. I know for sure I'll be the butt of the joke with all the homies and some of my family members would definitely stop talking to me. I'm just beyond stressed right now because I know I don't want to lose her but I also know I'm not, I'm not strong enough to deal with the severe judgment I'll probably endure if people find out. Uh, this this question's probably more for Peppermint. I'm assuming you've had some successful and happy, mature relationships with straight men. Um how how did they get the strength to come out to their family about who they love? Signed? Stress the fuck out.
2: Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> yeah, you probably do have more experience than me on this. Uh,
3: well, you know, you know, I mean Look, there's there's three pieces of it. I think number one is this is just mm-hmm. a relationship question. This is a relationship question that many other relationships have to deal with as well. In terms of mm-hmm. uh, how to publicly, like, when when do we go? When do we become? When do we become official? And when do we let everyone know that okay. we're together? And that's something that most relationships, most casual relationships have to, you know, deal with I mean, if you're like getting married off by your parents you have no say in that but, right. you know, so right. that's one part of it, and I think that plays into like, um, you know a, a man's, sometimes a man's fear of of, bec- of becoming committed or a person's fear of, of committing um, and the fear of like taking that leap, that's a part of this, I think. Mm-hmm. The next part of it is, cu- Kind of coming out um, with, with your with a partner um, and not wanting to be kind of ashamed of publicly shamed, and that's clearly what he's talking about. Um, and that's something that I think right. even gay guys can deal with too, because there's so many gay guys, especially in the states, who are attracted to s- straight acting guys. And I'm sure mo- many of my gay friends have. Slept with a straight guy. Slept with somebody who has said they were straight, and whether they were out or really straight, we don't know. Um, but whether or not to come out, coming out is a big thing that everybody has to deal with. You know, so that's, that's the second part of it. Nice. But the third part of it is is really trans specific. Man, I'll get into that later. But let's talk about the
2: first two. <laughs> Well, I mean I, I mean, I think that his problem is trans specific and dealing with what his family is going to, his family friends are going to think of him for dating, being in love with a trans woman. He may, he, 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 when, right after he said he was going to be real, he talked about the fact that this trans woman is not passable, which means she probably doesn't blend with cisgendered So that's a concern. I think that's the problem. No, that's problem. not the problem. The problem is, which,
3: yeah, he's the problem having. is, and, I'm, and this is not my words, but this is what I'm, I'm interpreting from what he's saying. My girl, my okay. woman looks like a man and people are going to call me gay. that's what he's upset about it's not about transness it's about homosexuality it's about fear of being called a gay guy with another man and he doesn't feel gay and he doesn't want to be called gay there's the, the worst thing that you can be called if you're not gay is gay and if you, right, and, and another bad thing that can happen, whether you're gay or not, is to be targeted by homophobia. And so those are two things that he doesn't want to have happen. He doesn't want people to be like, oh shit, he's gay. Because that's as far as people use a lot. A lot of people think when they're thinking of a trans couple, a, a trans woman and a man, they're they're not thinking this is a heterosexual couple. They're thinking that's a gay couple. Those are two men, and so that's what right. we want to get away from. Right. Um, and so. Right. the the nuances of what it's like to be a trans person and the and the and the de- the shit that trans people have to go through, isn't even what he's talking about, and it's not even what his friends and family are thinking about when they're like, oh, you were the trans woman. They're, he's literally saying, it's about the visual. She looks like a man. People are gonna think that she's a man, and that and right. that's tough. And honestly, whether or not, here's the two facts. The two facts is. Whether or not, and this is something that all trans people and trans women have to deal with whether or not you are passable, you're always,
2: you're, no one is unspookable.
3: No human is completely unspookable.
2: Right. Someone will know. You mean, you mean, wait, when you say that, you okay, so you mean like no, let's see, use trans women as an example. You're saying that no trans woman is un- unspookable, there's always something, is what you're there's saying. There's
3: always something or someone. Oh and it doesn't always have to be visual I'm not just saying there's always something on her, on her exterior that looks out of out of whack. She may look perfect, but there's right. going to be some vibe, something that not everyone can pick up on. But like, if you don't get it, if you don't spook it, I might spook it. And if I don't spook it. My friend might spook it because my friend's really good.
2: Or that five-year-old or the, might exactly, spook it. Like or never that old lady might spook it. Or the <laughs> the kid on the bus. Exactly. Right. It's usually the homeless guy right. on the corner by the bus stop who spooks it. <laughs> Well, like, something I kind of – I want us to get into about this that really struck me was he was basically saying, like, how do I find the strength in order to come out to my family? Like, how, like how, do the, how do the straight men you know that date trans women, how do they gather the strength to deal with this trans and homophobia that exists when a man is with a trans woman? Now, now I just want to say because I really want you to have the opportunity to really hit this because you have more experience than I do on this. But the thing that really hit me was he goes – I he was very honest when he goes, I do not have the strength to endure the judgment. And at first, my first instinct was like, no man, you, like, you do have the strength, like you can get through it. Like, you know, you really can get through this. And then I started thinking about it. Like, I don't think everyone has the strength to deal with judgment. I don't I don't think everyone has those devices. You know, I'm starting to learn that. So I don't know how someone yep. learn I don't know how someone learns to get those, but they need some type of inspiration with how to deal I think with that severe judgment that that straight men go through. You know what I'm saying? It's a skill.
3: It's a skill. It's a skill that you learn. It's a skill that you develop. Yeah. Most people are not necessarily like instantly like born with like every tool that they need to fight homophobia and transphobia you you learn over time you get right. hurt you get your feelings hurt you get attacked and then you get stronger the next time um and you know what to say and you know how to respond the next time um and what right. what really spoke to me is the fact that he said this like you said the strength the the word strength even though he's saying he doesn't feel like he has the strength, it's also it also seems like he's acknowledging that it takes a certain strength and that there's a certain strength required. Right. And not only by the partner of the trans person, but honestly, by the trans person. Because whatever transphobia and homophobia, right. the, the partner has to endure, the t- trans person has to endure tenfold and has their whole life. So, boo, you're worried about somebody calling you something because you're with me. You should be in my shoes. You know?
2: Exactly. And so,
3: it's it really is great to see that uh, uh, trans amorous Because that's what I like to call these um, People who are Have an attraction to trans people And who are, are in or want to be in relationships With trans people are trans amorous Which means they like trans people um, It's really great to see A trans amorous guy kind of acknowledging That there's a, a certain strength required Because it's not just It's not just oh she's cute Let me fuck her and then that's our life He knows that there's something more that's right. required Um Another part of it that I think is really interesting is, this is so, I'm trying to be really quick with this, because I know we only have a few minutes left, but it is, it's it's so much to unpack. It's not quite as, as simple as just like, ask her on a date, or like, tell her you love her. Um, because one of the things I wanted to say was, you know, a piece that's kind of missing to this is, if you are um, a, a, a Caucasian person who is attracted to someone who's Asian American, if then if, if 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 whatever affects that Asian American person, your partner, is going to affect you. And even though you're not Asian, you as a Caucasian person are going to be so involved and so deeply. Um, invested in your partner's wealth, health, and well-being, that you're going to go to that march for the Asian American, whatever. You're going to do the research that you need to know. You're going to learn what you need to learn to be ready to help your partner. If you are a partner of somebody who's deaf and you're hearing, and you know they have certain difficulties in their life, you're you're going to learn sign language or whatever. You know you're going to learn what you need yeah. to become a part of their life fully. Everyone does, that. and of course, if it's two gay guys, a, a convenience is that you both have an understanding of what it's like to be gay, to be discriminated against, to come out, all those things, and so you already have—you hit the ground running, and so you already kind of have a familiarity right. with trans people. Our partners, I think it's the only group of people that I can think of who our partners do not consider and do not want to consider themselves a part of our community. They don't want to be gay. They That's don't want to be point. going to no gay pride parade march. They don't want to be showing up and letting people know. They don't want to be a part of the community. And whatever affects, if if healthcare was canceled for every trans person in the world, they would not, they'd be, well, that ain't me. And so it really it's tough right. to to get our partners to step. It up seems the lane. like to
2: it seems like to me that the the guys I know that, and i will say there's not many but the ones that i know that actively date trans women they consider themselves part of the queer community and in some ways they consider themselves queer just because they're part uh-huh. of it and sometimes they like you know work in clubs or they dj or they're always surrounded by a, a lot of gay trans queer people uh, and you know they show up at pride and you know i'm thinking of a couple of people i know that uh-huh. work in the club circuit so i feel like that's new they i think that's a new development community, but Right. You think yeah, so? Yeah,
3: because, of, yeah, 10, 20, 20 years ago, you would not, I mean, look, there's always an exception to every rule, but in my experience, not mm-hmm. the majority. Right. I can say 99% of the men that I've encountered and the stories of the men that my girlfriends have encountered have been completely cis, hetero guys that have been pursuing them. And, and then folks identifying as queer Heterosexual folks identifying as queer is a newer development. Maybe it existed 30, 40, 50 years ago, but I think 10, 20 years ago, you were either gay or straight and that was it. (laughs) And now people are understanding that you can be queer or can have a queerness and still be a part of the community, I think. And I think what makes you queer is not only certainly being an ally, but also having a queer sensibility and considering yourself a part of the community and realizing that whatever affects the community affects you. And I do think that's an important thing because my boyfriend or my husband potentially he's not gay he won't be a part he might not and he doesn't have to consider himself a part of the gay community but i would want him to consider himself a part of the lgbtq for queer um community um and and so i you know because he's with me that makes him a part of the queer community because i'm a part of the queer community um Exactly. And so it is it is really I think it it's is necessary. really tiring. It's necessary because we we need our partners to show up for us right. more than just in the bedroom. And so I really I'm um, scared the, what is it? Stress the fuck out. I really um I really do I've had all types of, you know, here's my personal. I've had all types of experiences. Most of the ones, you know, years and years ago, were guys who considered themselves like just experimenting or in you know just trying something out and look I don't want to be anybody's experiment. I don't want to be just nobody's tryout. Um, I definitely knew that I needed more than that back in the day we used to call them chasers and that really kind of let guys off the hook. It let guys it let even they would sometimes be self-identified chasers which just means I'm just gonna chase any piece of tail and that's it and I don't have to care about you if something happens to you I don't have to worry about you I don't have to commit to you I don't have to be honest with you. I don't have to give you any of the respect that would be expected of me in any other relationship. And now you're just gonna stay a fuckboy. Exactly, boy. it's, it's fuckboy. And so God, now we're to the point where we are—we're gaining visibility, we're gaining traction in the community, both in and out of the queer community, um, in film and television, obviously. And so now we're starting to get more respect. And the more people value us publicly. Then it will give permission to not only stress the fuck out friends, family, co workers, homeboys that he mentioned, but also it'll give permission to him himself to feel f- good with publicly loving. A trans person and I think that's that's at the crux of it um, because whether like if she's passable if she's not passable fine people may know in two minutes from across the street but eventually if she is pa- even if she is passable and stealth someone is eventually gonna find out and then you're back in the same position where you're like oh shit people know that my girlfriend's trans they're gonna call her a man people call trans women men even if they don't look like men <laughs> and so right. You know, um, I think really, you know, the, a really strong or a good quote comes to mind by uh, Cornel West, which is, I think it's justice is what love looks like in public. And when you love on us publicly, then that is true justice. And so I think that's really at the beginning of this. So stress the fuck out. I'm so happy that you've allowed yourself to be to understand how much your life could be better with this trans woman in it. That is so- right. a lot of thing. that's something that a lot of folks miss sometimes. We add value and sh- this woman is gonna add value to your life if you can only
2: bring yourself up to her level and so he's gonna have to learn about her struggle yeah, learn about him yeah. you know what I'm saying I think that's how he's that's how he's gonna get the comfort with this is because he's if, he, if for him to get some type of strength and comfort it's gonna be a slow process and what he really has to do is surround himself with the queer community mm-hmm. and really because first of all that a queer community will be a crowd of people in which he won't be judged mm-hmm. like he will be judged by his family and his homies so if he's going to Pride or going to a club and it's him with his trans girlfriend, and you know they're at a a gay club or I don't know some type of gay event or I mean you probably have more examples, but then he's not gonna he's not gonna be facing that judgment and that's gonna slowly get him to feel more comfortable at, while at the same time learning about his girlfriend's struggles. If if every single time that he had a relationship with a trans girl, they they were just fucking like he said and he didn't create any feelings them then he probably really hasn't had the opportunity to get to know and ask questions about their lives and their struggles and I think that's what's really going to help him because mm-hmm. um well,
3: I, you know, I, you're 100% right, and by the same token, I want to kind of take the heat off of him a little bit, because I have been around many a gay boy who wait until the trans girl is out of the room to start hitting on the straight boyfriend of the trans girl and say, oh, you're really just, you really just yep. want dick. Oh, you really just gay. <laughs> oh, you're just halfway here. Just the same way that they do with people who identify as bisexual. And I think we have to stop allowing, giving permission to our gay, cisgender gay gay boy friends and folks. Stop allowing them to determine other. Ooh, stop allowing them to determine other people's sexuality. Stop <laughs> allowing them to say, "Hey, you're gay. You're gay, but it only takes a drink, and I'm going to turn you." You know. And so we have to just make sure that that doesn't happen when when you do bring your your boyfriend right. to
2: the gay bar. Um, but yeah, I think there's always an opportunity for someone to fuck with your man or your woman. There's always that <laughs> opportunity that ain't got to go nowhere. Yeah,
3: but you know what? Kudos go to you. Stress the fuck out. I know it's stressful. I know it's scary. But you're getting a little taste of what it what it what a queer person has to go through in this fucked up heteronormative world. And and so but it's worth it. The payoff is worth it. The coming out is worth it. You're going to be so much happier and you'll be with the person that you really care about. And at the end of the day, that's all that really matters. So good for you. You can do it. You got the strength.
0: Mhm. That's some good advice. Hey, well actually speaking of uh, culturally Enriching Activities, you and everyone listening are invited to see me and Caswell live on stage at the Gramercy Theater for Eye Candy, a return to New York. It's on Friday, June 28th. That's this Friday, 7 p.m. Uh, it's presented by MAC Cosmetics and Spin Cycle NYC. You can go to SpinCycleNYC.com or Live Nation to get tickets Uh, you're all invited get them while they last it's basically a year in the life and some of the most monumental moments uh, that have happened to me including um, my husband Caswell Uh, so we we didn't get married but whatever the point is you're all invited go to spincyclenyc.com, grab tickets it's this Friday June 28th 7pm Gramercy Theatre I'll see you there we'll see you there (laughs) okay we can we can continue
2: All right, so next question. Okay, next question. This next question is being read by Brian Flores.
5: Hey guys and pep, Uh, congrats on the new podcast. Uh, I love both of you and I had no idea that you were best friends. Um, I just want some really quick advice. Um, Just a little bit of my backstory. I'm a 38 year old gay white male and I live in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, And this June me and about six of my friends who I've always gone clubbing with are going up to New York City for World Pride Uh, We have an amazing Airbnb in Chelsea for five days But uh, my problem is uh, I've been sober since January 1st and all my friends They they still drink and they still do drugs and I just know they're gonna want to you know Do ecstasy and do a bunch of cocaine and go bar hopping Look, I I don't judge them at all, but I, I already brought my tickets and now I don't know if it's gonna be too hard for me. Here in Atlanta, I have a daily routine. It keeps me in the gym, going to bed at a reasonable hour, waking up with the sun, and just sober. Have y'all ever been in this type of situation? I mean, you both have worked in clubs and bars for a while. What do you do when you want to stop drinking, but, but you're going to be in that environment? If you have any helpful advice, I would love to hear it. Love. Sober in the
2: south. Mm, mm. Sober in the south. I can definitely relate to this. Just sidebar. I have not had a drink in about hundred and ten days. Woo! Uh, Congratulations, my brother. Thank you. Now my situation is, I don't think I have a drinking problem, but when That's I drink, the first
3: thing that people <laughs> say when they have a drinking problem. Go ahead.
2: No, the first thing is when their friends don't let them finish their motherfucking sentence, bitch. Okay, go, (laughs) But let me finish. I don't think I have a drinking problem, but when I drink, I have problems. And I get Ah. up late. I have a hard time losing weight. I have a hard time staying in shape. Uh, When I drink, I eat like shit. Uh, I just make a lot of bad decisions. I never was an over drinker like I, I have like three drinks max maybe 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 four but i hate being drunk but i'm used to being a club environment so i'm just used to drinking but for me 2019 has been all about living to my fullest potential and giving it everything that i have so not only have i gotten rid of drinking and drugs i've also changed some of the people that i've surrounded myself with that i feel might have been bringing me down so that I can relate to. I, I've gone back and forth with this. I've gone like six months not drinking before. One time I went a year not drinking with one of my boyfriends. And it's always very helpful. And it's definitely just gives me a bright perspective on life. And I recommend it. Uh, now, it is not the easiest thing to be in a social environment and not drink, especially during Pride. And I, I saw this question and I related to immediately us because I'm going to be in New York City <laughs> during Pride. <laughs> <laughs> but well, let maybe me y'all can get just get together. Want, well they exactly. Now this is what I kinda of want to bring up to you is that one thing I notice about being sober uh when I am mm-hmm. out is eventually just through osmosis i end up meeting everyone else that is sober long so one time i was at a big club when i was 22 and I like i was gonna go out and i was like look i'm just not doing xc tonight i'm not drinking tonight i'm not getting fucked up at all i was actually there to see the performer that was performing that night it was cindy lopper i think it was for like a halloween thing and junior baskets was playing i mean this is a long ass time ago <clears throat> It's not the fucking eighties, ah, but like early two <laughs> so, thousands. Yeah. So, so anyway, but I was, but I remember at like four o'clock in the morning, I'm, I'm, I'm upstairs, and everyone around me is sober, and we all realized that we all started talking, so it created relationships with other people, and actually the right people, you know, as opposed to I'm fucked up, you're fucked up, we have this fake ass connection that the next day we totally forget about each other. So, I, I think that if you if if you go, you will find other people that will also be sober and, and not drinking. And you know, if you if you want to have a plan B, so if you get to the club and after 15 minutes you want to dash because everyone is fucked mm-hmm. up and drunk and annoying, you don't want to be there anymore, that's okay. And you should just let your friends know ahead of time. It's like, look, like it's all good, party, do it all you want, but I have keys to the Airbnb too, so if I feel like bouncing right after don't take offense to it, I'll see you at the crib. Or, you know, you should also go online and find other options for other other people that are doing sober events. I actually, one of my friends told me that there's some type of uh, sober cruise. Now, to me, I'm going to be honest with you, when I hear like a sober cruise or sober party, I think it's not going to be a lot of fun. And I don't know if I would necessarily do that, but for some people, it is fun and it is an opportunity to meet other people without being fucked up and being in a a clear head, having a clear head when you go into a social situation with other people in the same state of mind. So that might be something that you're interested in. So you could look into that and just like sober events in New York during this time. I promise you there are thousands and thousands and thousands of other people celebrating Pride and they're doing it the sober way. And I I believe that if you do a little bit of research, you will actually find other people that would appreciate your company. And, um, you know, I will actually be at the Gramercy performing with Peppermint on the 28th if you want to come through, and then I will have a DJ gig shortly after that. So, you know, if you would like to come up to me, say hi. I will gladly go to the bar and buy you a Coca-Cola or a Shirley Temple. And <laughs> hey, Peppermint, you don't drink either. You don't drink either. It's
3: true. Um, I. It's so funny. Just listening to this, it's like, it's. this is my life all the time. <laughs> um, I. When I started doing drag, I quickly realized that... Dr- queens were the ones were the ones who would, were getting into clubs and bars with their bags and not being searched and it took a while for me to put two and two together that the queens were the ones who were also many of them and this is back in the club kid days back in the 90s when we were doing the big clubs in New York City um, the queens were the ones who were selling the drugs and <laughs>
5: that <laughs> and ain't so, a lie
3: Yeah. And so I was, I was always, um, really like confused when people would come up to me and they'd be like, peppermint, you know, can I get some Coke? And I'd be like, what? (laughs) 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 And so I was always so confused. Um, but then of course I realized what was up. And, um, this is part of the thing. Like when you're in a, a, a bar club, social environment, people, and you know, it's always going to be a well, if it's a bar, it's always going to be about drinking. And so it. people who are drinking and partying they want to know that other, that they're not alone. They want other people to be in on it with them. And so there is that pressure. I've experienced that pressure. Um, you know, just as someone who I've never not only am I sober, I've never been a drinker. And so I'm I'm not sober in the same sense that I have dealt with this type of addiction, and and I don't necessarily have triggers in in the same way. I do believe that I'm predisposed to being an alcoholic, and so I'm, my fear is that if I start drinking, I'll never stop. Um, and so for me, you know, the pressure to drink and to pre- the pressure not to disappoint people around me not only my friends but sometimes I'm in a situation where I'm with like the owner of the bar who um, my show is over and I'm waiting to get paid and he's like let's go have a drink first and I'm like holy shit I don't want to have a drink with you I want to go home but you you're holding my check hostage so I'll go (laughs) and have a damn drink with you and then he orders some you know um Crack house or whatever drink he's ordering. Crack house? No, it's like, remember it's Black House and Cranberry? Remember that? Do
2: you remember those drinks? No. It's Black House and Cranberry.
3: It's called a crack house. No, I used to do,
2: have you done, you know, like the Incredible Hulk back in the, which was like hypnotic and Hennessy? That shit? No. Me.
3: I, I, up on the floor. (laughs) I did have a drink of, um, a sip of which I surprisingly liked because I don't like the taste of alcohol you know that but mm. I had a sip of um a Midori Sour mm. and I was like ooh this is good like it was like Kool-Aid you know I could drink that that's and then I had, I had one sip and then I was sent, and of course I got like buzzed just from one sip because I. Was, when did I'm, you have a Midori Sour I Probably in 1999
2: or 2000.
3: Shit. Yeah, long time ago. Um, Anyway, so I know the pressure. So what what I've done, and this is not going to help you, so I don't know why I'm telling you.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So So you could. (laughs) So this is what I've done.
3: (laughs) Um, When I have that, I usually just... um, I usually have, in the bars and clubs that I've worked in, I've kind of developed a a relationship and gotten myself a wingman. Somebody in the group that knows that I don't drink and respects that and is willing to help me kind of stay not drunk for the whole night. Um, Whenever they're like, let's do a round of shots... If I can't get to the bartender, my wing person will go to the bartender or whoever's in charge of the shots and say, can we get one of those shots as you, you can always look if you're, it's, your it's your liquor is either going to be brown or clear or it's going to be mixed with a juice, which is juice. So you just get a glass. If it's a red drink, you get a glass of cranberry juice. If it's a clear thing, you get some water. If it's champagne, you get ginger ale. Get right, you can right. have them make you a, a mocktail that looks like the drinks and shots, and then you just don't drink it. And if you can't do that, I can't tell you how many potted plants have received my cocktail. <laughs> I Stupid. like put the drink to my lips and then I turn and say, Look, Elvis. And then I throw the the cocktail in the in the in the Sometimes I drop it on the floor in the plant. So that's one way to get around it. That won't help you with your triggers. Um, But I do think having a partner or a friend, someone who's willing to help you protect your sobriety and maintain it is Mm -hmm. going to be key. I do think it's possible for you to tell your to, to, to party with your friends and and still be able to go out and have a good time without having it jeopardize your sobriety. Especially if you can communicate with, you know, your friends and let them like, know, like, look, y'all, I'm not partying, but I want to be in on this with you. So
2: I, I, that's my advice. I just want to say one more thing too, just to remind you, you are going there to celebrate pride. This is a big deal. This is 50-year anniversary of Stonewall. You should be there celebrating the fact that you are gay and that you are out. And then this was not something that was easy to do 50 years ago. And definitely 10 times harder even like 10, 20 years ago. So you, if you are a proud gay man, then you have something to go there and celebrate. And it's truly not all about getting fucked up and taking ecstasy and you know having... You know, a two-hour relationship with someone that's going to end the next morning. You know, this is about pride. And make sure when you go to New York for this experience, you actually feel that pride. Whatever pride means to you, that you get in touch <laughs> with that. It's very, very important. We've come a long way. And you're going to be able to experience this in a brand new way now that you're not getting fucked up anymore. And you it's know really what? important.
3: Get, let me add on to that because, you know, in addition to the parties and the clubs and the millions of people that are going to be there, there are going to be some really honestly once in a lifetime experiences and events that you can do um the first one being peppermint and caswell live at Great Mercy theater um, in case we didn't mention that <laughs>
5: uh
3: the second one though is um you can go to some some mu- there's lots of museums not only the queer ones um, that are having gay uh, and queer focus um, uh, exhibits, including the Leslie Lohman uh, Art Gallery um, is Thank doing "50 Years of Stonewall," um, and so you can go to that. Um, you can go. You can go to Stonewall during the day. Um, there's going to be lots of um, uh, kind of. Uh, um, moments for people to talk. Um, There's going to be vigils. There's going to be political rallies that are kind of really focused on where we are now. You know, our president is Passing down and tacking our community with moment after moment after moment, from the trans military ban to um, the new definitions on sexual discrimination that remove sexuality and gender disc- and gender identity from the definition of sex discrimination. Um, and so there's lots of moments for our community to rally around each other. And this is the the, the one of the best time ever to tap into that feeling of togetherness and. That feeling of protest that our foremothers, forefathers, and four siblings had when they were throwing the first brick at Stonewall. And this is a great opportunity to Stay pay up. homage to that and show some reverence. And so let's, let's focus on that and maybe let's convince your friends, the six friends that you're going up with, to not only, you know, you it would be doing a disservice to not only yourselves, not only honestly the future of our community, but also our ancestors who marched mm-hmm. and fought for us. If you spend the entire time passed out on coke and ecstasy binge and are only there to go to some, some gay club at night. Get up during the day and and involve yourself in our community further, Um, and I think that that's something that you should do. So let's let's let's. We will see you during the day at that museum.
2: That's right, baby, and I think that's a great note to end on. (laughs) (laughs) The show is like almost an hour right now. We usually don't go over this much. We think we added another question in there because it was Pride and it was our first Pride episode, if not our first episode. (laughs) So. Thank you for listening. And um, we hope you all have a happy, safe Pride Month. Make sure you celebrate Pride with the ones that you love and remember the people that came before you. Mm-hmm. Alright, y'all um, 17-year-olds listening who are out <laughs> who are out in seventh grade. It wasn't mm-hmm, this easy. Hello.
3: Before. You you 16-year-old trans women who have already started hormones and have already had <laughs> your surgeries and your parents paid for it. <laughs> um, just know that there's a lot of us who had to struggle and it would be great to, and, and just, I know that this is a little bit longer, but th- it is worth saying that there's, there are, um, one of the realities that we have in our community. Um, if you're, if you're, you know, an Asian American or you are an African American or, um, you know, of whatever descent you, you're Catholic or whatever religion you have a built in community and, um, you a uh, tradition that's passed on from generation to generation within your family oftentimes. And so that's easy to kind of, you know, um, maintain. Sometimes you don't want to, but you're kind of forced into to, to, to being connected to your elders because you're related to them. You see them at your family functions. The difference with the queer community, which it is a family, we're not all related by blood. A lot of times it's our chosen family. And then we end up growing older and we don't pass that same history on. So it is the responsibility of you, the 17 year old, to learn your history and learn and make a connection. If you're not in New York City, and you're not at world pride and you're not at the 50th at 50th anniversary of stonewall you still have the opportunity to connect with queer people your elders your queer elders and really engage with the community and learn about the people that sacrifice so much so that we could take advantage of the things that we are today and so just i want to i also want to leave you with that it's really important um and what's also important is that you tune in speaking of your gay and queer elders listen to It's a Mess podcast every week. Uh, we will be releasing new uh, a new episode every week. We um, can't wait to hear all the questions and give out all the advice.
2: Make sure you hit us up with a DM at It's a Mess podcast on your Instagram. Make sure you hit us up at askkazandpep at gmail.com Mm -hmm. and uh, we will see you next week love you bye forever
4: dog this has been a forever dog production executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio and Alex Ramsey engineered and mastered by Alex Sarchet.